Nostradamus podcast. Yeah. It's Dr. Fu and the professor, the prophet, the prophet. Josh is the professor, the prophet, Hami Arain on the mic. It looks like Hami got a fresh new haircut. That is correct. I got a new haircut. That was uh, maybe two days ago. It was actually the same day that we recorded the other show. Uh, the okay. Day. Uh, I just did it that morning. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you. You were wearing what, a hat. Before. Yeah, well, yeah, I was. I was. I think I was wearing a hat then. It was also super dark. It was like really, really dark because I was, you know, like I recorded my car mm-hmm. because of the freedom, and it's very nice. And uh, you know, right now, you know, as, 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 as you see here, a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. But today, you know, it was snowing so much yesterday and like overnight. Today, it's more like it's like wet snow. It's kind of like rain, kind of. So it's not as bad today, but it's still. It's just like getting out of the driveway is the problem, or like walking around the driveway. Like that's. It's it, it's like it feels like two feet. That's how that's how much it feels like. It feels like that much snow. I heard you guys got like ten inches or something like that or what? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it literally was like like we're supposed to get somewhere between eight and like twelve inches or something like that overnight. Dang. And today we're supposed to get about two to four. But uh, yeah, I mean, fortunately, by the time that you're listening to this, uh, it's probably not snowing where you are, or maybe the snow is, or maybe you live in the East Coast and there's like a bunch of snow about to come. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you're in Seattle. What's the weather in Seattle? Let's see. Seattle yeah, well, weather. Oh, it's 45 and sunny. Oh, well, how about that? Yeah, yeah. In the, Seattle, we love you. Days it's super sunny over there. Yeah. Seattle, you love us. Seattle, we love you. All right? And don't you forget that. Maybe we, we got to go out there sometime, you know. Oh, it's, it's, been, have you been there before? No, I've never been to Seattle. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. Beautiful place. A lot of nice stuff there. Um and it's like that perfect mix of like, uh, and again, I'm only talking from like the day, the four or five days that I've been there. And that was back in 2013. But, you know, it's like that perfect mix of like, you know, mountainous and like, you know, city type, you know. That sounds like, that sounds perfect. That's one of the reasons I like Colorado so much. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very nice place. And, you know, there was one, I remember there was this one picture. I was somewhere like, we were near like, I don't know, I wouldn't say near the mountainside because you can still see like the skyline of Seattle. But we were like a little bit out, you know, outside of like Seattle, but we could see like a perfect skyline, like a perfect view. And I remember I was trying to take a picture of the Space Needle from, you know, wherever we were, from my car or whatever, mm-hmm. or from, my, you know, whatever the rental car that we borrowed. And every time I tried to take this picture, it, it came out as a little blurry. It's like this weird, like I tried to make it as clear as possible. But like I, get, I tried my dad's camera and his iPhone camera. It, just, it was just a, the Space Needle just looked a little blurry. And I'm like... It's so weird. I mean, so anyone who knows, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you what you call that subject. Uh, Aliens, alien interference. But I wanted to ask you, where did you get your degree from? Where'd you Where'd you go to school? Uh, you know, your doctor. Oh, uh, 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 Alan Iverson's School for the Blind. Oh, okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, he's a good teacher. I heard. Uh, I don't know. I think he retired from teaching, but yeah, yeah he, he's not big big on practice, but oh yeah, <laughs> and practice makes perfect. So I came out. Yeah. I came out a little, a little janky, but you know, <laughs> uh, I just realized that you can't even see me. No, I can't. Here no. I am. No, I am. No, I'm here looking like Ned Flanders. Uh, but anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to make fun of blind people. Like I didn't mean any offense by that. I didn't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> homie. I went to school at DePaul with you. <laughs> professor right, of yeah. of radio. I did substitute teach a couple classes in radio, so you could call me a radio professor, kind of. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. I'll call you that. Uh, you know, we, we can call you a lot of things. <laughs> <We'll call> you. <laughs> uh, you know what we I should do? Through a whole list, but you know, I was going to go through a whole list, but there was no point. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe give me a little sneak preview. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how about this? Um, how about uh, friend? Um, I'm, I'm, you're an uncle, right? You're an uncle. I am an, an uncle. Uncle to three. You're yeah, a brother. Mm-hmm. And you might be a serial killer. I don't know. I really don't know. We'll it depends find out on the cereal, you know. <laughs> like cocoa puffs, I can kill them. Reese's puffs, I can really kill them. Wheaties. Oh, it's like killing. Are you the type of person who kills insects, or do you like let them out? I I try to let them out, you know. Um, okay. but so we're totally different there because I am an ops. I'm an absolute serial killer when it comes to that. Like well, when it comes to any insects, mosquitoes. Wrong place, one time. Yeah, mosquitoes. You're no. It's it's oh, like yeah, well, mosquitoes. They shouldn't even be existing. Well, I think they're part of the ecosystem in some way. But like, if it's you know, I, I had this hole in my screen in my window, and these flies were getting in, and I was just going on a killing spree, like you know, four murders an hour, you know. But like, oh, I mean, I didn't want to do it, but you know, once you invade my territory, you know. What, what do you want me That's to do, Mr. Spray. Fly? The spray comes in handy there mm. if you have a situation. Like spray need, like, water spray. at him like a cat? No, no not water. No, not like a, if you're trying to train a cat. No, nothing like that. But <laughs> like that literal uh, mosquito serial killer spray, you know? Mm. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Speaking of killers. We should make, we should make one. Yeah, we should, we should make the, the spray. We'll call <laughs> it the serial killer bug spray. Yeah. Have a picture of some Wheaties on the front. <laughs> um, a fly in a Wheaties box. I mean, come yeah. on now. You that's, know that's the greatest inspiration. We should, uh, if you're listening to this and you're from Seattle, hit us up on social media because you know what we should do. We should do yeah, a please, Seattle centric. Yeah, yeah. We should do a my Seattle. Open. I, I leave my DMs open all the time. Yeah, same, same. We should do a Seattle based um, full court trap. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, two people from Seattle, please mm-hmm. hit us up and we'll, we'll, we'll make a Seattle based uh, game show like that. And if you're not from Seattle, if you're from New York city or New Jersey, yeah, sure. We'll make an East coast matchup, you know, please hit us up. We're, we're desperate for guests. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of killers, Damian Lillard, he is a killer. Oh my God, man. I know we we're texting last night. We we're like, you know, Hey, that's what he does. That's what Damian Lillard so he does. You know, Tony, I, I've seen all of Damian Lillard's game winners like live. Like I saw the one against the Rockets. I saw that live in my dorm room. I mean, I that's impressive because he's had so many. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I think he's only had three like buzzer beater game winners. And those are the three that I'm referring to. And then the other ones are like just very clutch moments, like very, you know, like big plays that he just always, I don't know, man, like the, <laughs> Like the final minutes of a game, whatever the last, like he wants that. Like something mm-hmm. that we really, really love out of like a superstar type of player. And I don't know, like I, I don't look at Lillard as like the typical kind of point guard, you know, because I feel like Curry is more of a point guard than Lillard is. Lillard's more like an Iverson type, you know, like he's just like a, he's a very good scorer, but he also, he can, he can get like, he can play make when he wants to. He can, he can do whatever he wants basically. And like he does face the double and he's always like passing out of it. But I thought that jump ball call was wrong. Yeah. And I yeah. thought they were a little too quick, blowing the whistle there. And Zach Levine, you know, they were holding onto his arms. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, they were bear-hugging him. 
Yeah, and that like they didn't they didn't even get the ball. And it was isn't it, aren't you supposed to have the ball for at least like two seconds or three seconds or whatever? Isn't that what the jump ball is? I mean, it's not whatever that was. <laughs> no, yeah, but hey, I mean, I do not want to take anything away from Damian Lillard because he's had he had like four half court type of shots. Yeah, you know? and the, like, sh- I, the I, skill I, I, on that two. shot was insane. Like whether or not it was the right call, like. The fact that, you know, because it, it's kind of in a little bit of a scramble and then Rocco kind of like flip passes it to him and he takes this sidestep and he's leaning sideways and he's got, I mean, Laurie Markkinen, he's no Ben Wallace, but the dude's seven feet tall. He's tall, yeah. Yeah, and I he mean, got this seven-footer yeah. lunging at you and he's like, ah, splakity dow, go home. Well, Lillard did an amazing job. He did an amazing job getting that extra space, that little sidestep back yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He did a great job with that. I mean, that's just that's just a guy who just knows. I mean, you know, you're you're a short guy, and you just he just knows how to score in every possible way, right? Literally quick on his feet. Lead. You know, the decision making in that was incredible. Like how quickly he yeah. was like, "All right, this is the move." Here's I'm doing it. It was it, the instincts took over, and yeah, I mean, he just rained from downtown. So um, it's actually crazy. I'm trying to figure out the the math here because. Yeah. He, well, that shot. Well, here, here's math for you. We 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 got Reggie Millard. We got Reggie Millard yeah. by Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah it was a very exciting game, though. I mean, like, hey, we we got them over there. They mm-hmm. got us. It happens, you know. And, and dude, like, you know, what I really felt bad for Zach Levine. Like, you could oh, see the yeah. frustration on his face. You know, he was second on the team in scoring last night, but he was absolutely lights out the entire game. Nine for 12, six of eight from three and uh, you know, finished with 26 points. He, he, I love that they were letting him, you know, handle the rock at the end. And I don't know. I think I um, sometimes have a super unpopular opinion where I like, don't get mad after losses when my, the team I'm rooting for loses, like sometimes like, Oh shoot, man. Well, they tried their best. <laughs> and, that's, and not that is, that's actually healthy. That's healthy. Now, if it's like a playoff game and we lost like that in the finals or something, that's heartbreaking. I get, sure. I get yeah. the rioting. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, you know, like the yeah, bulls. Right. Yeah. Like what do you, what do you expect from the bulls this year? I don't think like it's fair to have some crazy expectations, but they were down 17. They came back, took a five point lead and they got damed. You know, but like that's not a horrible way to go out and like damned with some controversy. Like, sure, I could waste my energy like getting all rah rah about the officiating and whether or not there should be a, a jump ball. But the the fact of the matter is that this is literally what this guy does. And Dame went fifteen to twenty six and eight to seventeen from three. And I mean, like, I want to know. I, I want to know how many. You could probably find this on Stat Muse or something because you know that's the nice thing about Stat Muse. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. But yeah. you can like type in a question and they'll kind of like it'll just kind of pop up. Sometimes it'll be kind I love of like Stat Muse, yeah. And sometimes it'll be kind of janky sometimes. But like if you ask, like you know, I guess you have to you have to think about how you format your question. Well, what but should I, I ask it? How many times has Damian Lillard made 10 threes in a game? Because okay. I know Steph Curry has made like it feels like, it feels like Steph Curry's made like 20 games with at least 10 threes because Curry has a lot of games where he'll just make 11 threes and then he's done. But uh, with Lillard, I want to know, cause I, I feel like he's had at least like two or three games. And like when you're he's when done you that three up, times, three times. Okay. Cause yeah. when you get to like that 10 or 11, you start thinking about the record, you know, and now the record is now 15. So you have to make 15 threes to get the record. 
So now, now it's like once you get the ten, like oh god, now you're two thirds of the way there. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Three times though, three times of this career. That's not bad. I imagine I, I thought it'd be a lot more. I thought it'd be like six or seven. But I mean, three is insane. You know, three is, and also I I wonder how many he had last year because last year, remember he had that streak of like sixty point games. Sixty oh, point well, games. So because he hit eight last night. And right, right, right. Done that twenty-one times. Okay, so at least eight threes, twenty-one times. That's, that's insane. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I mean, I mean, like, because he shoots at a lot of the high volume, and he's also shooting a lot of ridiculous shots. Like, yeah, we saw yesterday that half-court shot that he had, like, in the middle of the third quarter, or whatever. That was ballsy, and he was just kind of sitting on the floor. He shot it from Nashville. I mean, that was completely. Oh, yeah. Insane. yeah, I thought we were talking about Candace Parker for a second. I was like, what? But, <laughs> But yeah, like then that second one, yeah, sure, from Evanston, that second one. <laughs> I mean, that one that was from uh, that made it a two point game. Man, I and you know what the funny thing is, I, I was actually looking like the other day, like looking for like a Damian Lillard, like a shirt, like a jersey type of thing. Okay, you know, he's one of my favorite players, and you know, I actually have his poster in Dark, my room. Did but, you get the shoes after he hit sixty the other last year? Yes, yeah, yeah, I got the shoes, the sixty one point, uh, sixty one dollar shoes for sixty one nice. points. And they're great. Dame sixes. I, uh, at first I wore them uh, to the park and I was like, this feels kind of weird. They have like a weird flap in the front and back. But uh, now that I've gotten a little more used to them, they fit amazingly. And also like, they're just really good. Like they're just really good traction. They're very nice shoes. Very nice looking shoes as well. And we're not sponsored by Damon Lillard or Adidas either. No, <laughs> no we're not sponsored by the Dame. We're not sponsored by. I wonder if he's gonna have a new shoe after that after that game winner. Yeah, who knows? A new one. Uh, but I yeah, man. Glad. I mean, the guy's shooting thirty-eight-seven uh, from three this year, uh, on on ten point six attempts per game. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's quite in the MVP conversation, but like, he's not out of it either. Just because if you think about, like, I always say that. Uh, the MVP race is just as much about storylines, right? Yeah, it's, it's always about like you know the narrative, and it's like especially if you have a top top seed. Yeah, like, you're gonna so, win if you have the top seed. So that's the thing about like the Sixers. If well, the Sixers or if you're like a really good team, but you did something insane, or like you carried that team. Like right now, Portland's yeah. ten and eight, but Dame's third in the league in points per game, and like just playing out of his damn mind, you know? And so like, and he's already someone where there's like people already love him. You know, the people want to see Dame. I feel like some hardware. Yeah. He's very popular. I feel like, honestly, I feel like he might be the least, I feel like he might be the least criticized star now because everyone loves him. Uh, yeah. I kind of like that. Take. No one. I never. Yeah. Uh, you don't really see anyone hate on him. And like some people, they'll get like the stupid dick measuring contest about, Oh, this person gets hate on more than this guy and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, you know, or does not get the criticism that a guy like, you know, Paul George would get, or, you know, like there's this weirdly, really weirdly like vocal minority when it comes to like Steph Curry, a lot of people do not like Steph Curry, which is I think they're it's just, just jealous. Yeah. Cause like, it, it, I mean, Curry made me realize that like, People will literally find anything to hit on yeah. someone. Like, I mean, Steph Curry, man, he is one of the most likable athletes of all time, if you ask me. Yeah. Like, he's actually – like, he's he's a very nice dude, you know. He uh, 
has kind of done things like the right way. He never did any like ring chasing. He's been the same team his whole career. Uh, he's been willing to be the best player on the team. He's been willing to be like, you know, let like KD come in if that's, you know, like he doesn't have to be the guy, but he's definitely willing to be the guy. And he just does it with a smile on his face, you know? And if I'm not mistaken, he's given like an insane amount of money to charity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a very charitable guy. And I, I know, I know like uh, about like a month ago, he's, he basically helped, he basically saved this one restaurant, this like Chinese restaurant from being shut down in, in San Francisco. Dude, it's like, dude. Yeah, he he's, basically donated all this money. I don't know about donate. He just got like a huge ass bill. I just looked just up, you know, animal rescue foundation, the United nations foundation, nothing but nets, uh, you know, AIDS, animals, children, environment, health, human rights, peace, women. Like this dude is like, okay, go ahead and hate him. Like, <laughs> all right. All I, right. I did like that. I like that he had those, those conversations. I don't know if you saw that, but those conversations with Fauci, I like that he had those. I like that he, you know, it was cool to see like an athlete like him talk to America's point guard of 2020, you know? America's point guard. That's a good way of putting it. Because that, that was a headline. Do you remember that? That he was just like, Dr. Fauci played basketball in college. Now he's America's point guard or something like that. Oh, I do not remember that. That's an awesome headline. One thing, yeah. uh, another thing about that game last night, though, going back to the Bulls aspect of it is um, Markinen. You're starting to see this guy like really show up as a scorer this year. He had 31 points to lead the team, but only six rebounds. But like, I don't know, you know, I, I was uh, on the uh, on Sean and Maya in the morning the other day and um, I was talking with Sean Sierra about Laurie and he's, you know, they asked me like pretty much how I felt about him and whether I think he's part of the team long term, like the, the defensive question marks. And it, it was really hard because like I feel like my opinions already ch always changing with him. But right now, you know, he's averaging this season, 19.6 points per game, only six and a half rebounds, but you know, he's shooting 40% from three, like the, he's so much better than he was last year. And uh, right now this 19.6 points per game is actually a career high for him. And so is the 40% from three in a season that he's averaging 7.3 attempts. So I guess all this, just to ask you, what's your opinion on him at this point in his career? Yeah, he's uh, he's an example of, you know, like a guy who really could use like a, a you know, a real NBA coach, you know, a guy who is not going to just completely be shitting on him or whatever, or just going to leave him in the corner or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I know we say it every time, but like I'm, I'm so happy we're past that era now of the yeah. Bulls. And, you know, even yesterday, look, looking at Billy Donovan's like press conference, like. You know, some people would say, "Oh, he seems he seems like he's already tired of this stuff." He probably is, you know, because well, they've lost, lost a lot of close games. Heartbreaker. I mean, he's not tired yeah. of it. Like, it's, and, but, and like, he's not cares. because, like, yesterday, he, if you saw the press conference, he said that you know Lillard's a great player. I admire Lillard a lot. I mean, Lillard, this isn't the first time Lillard's Lillard done it to him either. He's tired of Lillard. He's not tired of the Bulls. Like this guy but broke up saying, his team in OKC. <laughs> he was saying that, like. uh I have a lot of respect and admiration for Lillard, but that's less about that play is less about him. It's more about us. You know, he was saying Ooh, stuff like that. And I love that. That's know? accountability. Yeah. So he, he's, he, you know, we met him before he's, he's always saying like the right things. You know, I remember when they were playing against the bucks and they got blown out. What do you, what do you expect? It's the Milwaukee bucks. It's probably the best team, the second best team in the East. 
And it's like, you know, all these people are saying like, oh, well, why is he talking? You know, all these like stupid replies on Twitter, a wasteland of, 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 uh, of life, really. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I'm on it, please follow me. Um, <laughs> and DM us if you're from Seattle or New Jersey, whatever. Um, anyways, but like, I remember it's just like, just his body language. It's just, it's very positive. It's, you know, and that goes to marketing too. And I, I have not like, uh, I actually haven't been paying that much attention to marketing because like, I've just been watching the bulls and I'll just be watching kind of passively sometimes mm-hmm. and marketing. But one thing I have noticed, especially in the first few games and like, even now he looks way more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he's actually like he actually looks like he's he's actually like having a good time out there, you know. Yeah, it's not like, more it's not engaged. Like a yeah, it's not like an internal thing like it was last year. So I mean, uh, again, I, I don't think the Bulls. I, I I'm not sure what they think of him because the Bulls seem pretty, you know, other than the Patrick Williams thing, they've been pretty quiet. Other than the Patrick Williams, and they were saying that they were very interested in Patrick Williams. They've been pretty quiet when it comes to like, you know, moves and stuff like that. And, you know, these kind of things. So I guess we'll see. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did not have him in their long-term plans, just because like, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a weird fit. I mean, they might, they might come to a choice between him and Wendell Carter and Wendell Carter has barely played. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, I'd rather have Laurie because like Laurie's on the floor, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Laurie's actually playing. And, and also like, his shooting is like just so key, you know? Yeah. Like the rebounding now, needs to get better. And like, now, I, I just, you or, some people talk about, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but like, I, this also brings up marketing too. Some people are talking about the possibility of, Hey, let's make a deal with the Pelicans and try to get Lonzo to the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Involving marketing. Cause marketing could be great with, with new Orleans over there. I would rather give them Wendell. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, cause Wendell's obviously a better rebounder, but like the dude's injury prone straight up. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, like it's just a lot of bad luck. Now, if, if you are on a team like the Celtic, I think he'd look amazing. Wendell Carter. Yeah. And, and like, I believe in his game. Like, I think that, I mean, he's solid, you know, I don't think that like, cause some people absolutely love him, you know, but I think he's okay. You know, he's averaging, he's only 21 and that's a, a key thing to consider, but you know, on his career, it's 11 points and eight rebounds. And this year it's like 13 points and eight rebounds. And uh, he's like an underrated passer. He kind of has had some turnovers this year as well with that. He's starting to expand his range. He's starting to step out for more and more threes. I still kind of cringe when he does take those shots, but he's getting closer and closer to that 30% mark. He only takes like a little over one per game on average. Uh, Like there's room to grow, right? But I mean, he's played 14 games this season. And I mean, how many have the Bulls played? I don't know off the top of my head. Let's see. So the Bulls are seventeen, seven 18. and eleven. Okay, so he's he's only missed four games, but you know he we know he's going to be missing time next now. Month, yeah. You know, and it's like this happens every year with him. It, it's been he's still on contract after this year. We don't know what's going to happen, but like I don't know if if Laurie can become a rebounder, I would love to see this guy as more of a a center for the bulls. I just don't think he is that rebounder. And I did pull up right now, uh, you know, cause the comp has been Dirk Nowinski, right? Well, Dirk Nowinski uh, at this point in his career 
and I wonder how old he was uh, in 2001, 2002, but that was his fourth year. He was averaging 23.4 points per game and 9.9 rebounds. Uh, now, 9.9 rebounds ties a career high for him. He had two years in a row where he had 9.9 rebounds per game, 0102 and 0-2-0-3. But Markkinen's not that rebounder, but it, it, when you look at the three-point percentages, uh, Markkinen is actually higher as of right now. You know, it's like – decimals away and it could change at any moment but um i I think he represents a very modern fit in a a good um a good kind of piece to have there you know like if, if he's fixed and you know he's he's not the player he was last year and clearly we're seeing two different animals then i'd be okay having him in the fold long term but they're either either he's gonna have to get better at rebounding or they're gonna have to like get a paint beast, you know, like, honestly, you know, it would be interesting. What if the bulls did something like this? What if they flipped Wendell Carter in the off season and signed Andre Drummond? Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely solved the rebounding issues. The problem is that I feel like Drummond, I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, they wouldn't do that move because he, he just does not compare with our timeline, I guess. I suppose, I yeah. It's very, you know, I because this year's Bulls, we were we were hoping that they'd have this kind of season last season, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, if this season is kind of like the bridge into like seeing what you know what we got. Yeah, because I wonder, because they could be so really not, in the offseason. Not that old. Yeah. Uh, they could be really busy though with this offseason. I really don't know what they're going to be doing because I know Otto Porter will be off the books, and that's a guy mm. who I can't wait that he's off the books. Because uh, every or time, just if, I'd be okay with them bringing him back for like a, a third of the money. That's true. Yeah, I I, I feel like a desperate team will overpay because I could see the a team like the Blazers or something like that trying to make a move for him because they can they can kind of use him, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams he could definitely help, like. Uh, yeah. Even a team like the Bucks, you know, if he's willing, yeah. he, like he would fit there if he's willing to come off the bench. Uh, you know, the the Pacers, like, there's a lot of teams that are just like a B minus piece away from like contending. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, when it comes to like, I guess, like when it comes to rebounding, I, I'm starting to look at rebounding more. Let, left is like an individual thing, but more of like a team stat. So as long as like, or as long as he's boxing out and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, individually, you know, like point guards, some point guards are pretty good rebounders. Like we mentioned Curry. He's a pretty good rebounder for a point yeah. guard. Yeah. Westbrook has always been great. People always talk about how, you know, he's always stealing, stealing from, you know, the centers or whatever. But I think Westbrook, he's, he's just that guy who will just like, who will crash the boards, you know, whenever a shot goes up. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you've played basketball with me, you know, and I'm like, I'm a rebounding guard when I play, yeah. obviously I'm not Ru- Russell Westbrook, but some people, that's just how they're wired, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, it's actually funny that we mentioned Westbrook because I do think Westbrook skill set would be nice here in Chicago. The only problem is the contract. Yeah. It's monstrous. Yeah. He literally, I think, does he have the supermax? Like it was the supermax then. I think me, he has something. Like I that. think he's making like forty-four million. I, yeah, I'm pretty check much. Check it out Supermax. right now. It's it's a shame because the Supermax is screwing over 
small markets. It's like going to be the death of super nice nieces. And they need to figure out a way where like it won't count as much against the cap, the supermax, you know, as the years go on. Because Jeez. teams like the Blazers, the Blazers cannot build. Basically, they can't build anything around Lillard because he's going to be making $55 million in the last year of his deal. I mean, he's actually going to be able to buy the state of uh, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah so he's <laughs> Westbrook's making 41 mil and change this year, 44 mil and change the next year. And then at the tender age of 43, uh, on the last year of his contract, we've, before he comes to uh, restricted free agent, he is set to make $47 million. Yeah, so that was basically the Supermax, and it just it keeps getting higher each year because Lillard signed, like, the highest one, and the last year of his deal will be $54 million. I so hope he's giving away at least $20 million a year because no one needs that kind of money when you got starving people out there. Like, <laughs> that's my radical view on the world but like geez if i was making 47 million dollars i'd give away 45 like there's just these people have the chance to really help people that's an insane amount of money it's crazy i mean guy because and it's like it it only helps that one guy right like it doesn't help out anyone else in the team so like it's like such a curse it's like not even a blessing it's a blessing for the player it's yeah. not a curse. It's just a total curse well, in like, terms of, like, the we, team. Weirdly enough, it comes back to, like, Dirk Nowinski, right? Because remember when he took less money at the yeah. end of his career? Because he was like, He took less money. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Is like, if you get a guy like LeBron, LeBron's like, okay, I'm going to take the minimum just so I can play on this stacked-ass team. I think the players, you know, they're going to go on, like, a strike because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in LeBron, you know, he's getting more money than Nike than he ever will from the NBA, and good yeah, for so him. Yeah, like, so that's like the weird, like that's like you. I guess you technically can go through that loophole, mm-hmm. and but like that's the thing. I don't know. Like, I wonder what's going to be the next CBA. Like, what's going to be the the talks about referring to like supermax? Because I imagine the players would want to be like, yeah, let's keep it. But if you're like the tenth guy on the bench, your job is never secure. You know, like are you fighting for that? Like, like, what are you fighting for? I guess like, cause if you, you don't want the super max and you basically want more stability, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And one thing about LeBron, you know, like that, that guy is someone who's fighting the good fight off the floor. I mean, I, I sometimes complain about him kind of being always doing these super teams and all this. And I call him Jackie moon and all that, you know, and, and all jokes aside, like the guy has done so much for, like children across the country and uh, you know, supporting families and stuff. And that's a guy, like, I think he's one of the greatest role models for any young athlete, anyone who's like hopes to get to a a level of stardom where they can like seriously give back like a perfect guy to look up to is LeBron James and how he's kind of used his power. It's inspiring, man. Like whether or not he knocks the bulls out of the playoffs and you know, like the dude's a stand up guy who's helped millions of people. Yeah, I, I I like LeBron James. I've uh, you know I've been obviously we've been following him his whole career here, uh, but I feel like I guess the only drawback to LeBron okay on the court mm-hmm. on the court he doesn't do anything wrong, but what he does do that annoys the shit out of me and other fans. He complains all the time, nonstop. Now when he was on the Cavs the first stint he did complain. Yeah, of course he complained, 
when he was on the Heat, he complained a lot. He flopped and stuff like that. But oh, now yeah. on the I Lakers, remember one time Tyson Chandler set a screen on him, and it looked like somebody yeah. just sniped him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and like that happened two times in that in that game against the, the Knicks. And then when he's back, once he gets to the Lakers, it's like it's like he's he he complains every single time about like oh I didn't commit this foul. Did you see that <clears throat> the other day? There's a very dangerous play. Embiid goes up in the air, and uh, Gasol kind of has him in the back, and LeBron kind of has him in the front. And LeBron kind of like kind of puts his hands on Embiid, and kind of like I don't know if he, it's not like a hard shove or anything or a hard push, but he kind of like just kind of pushes him back a little bit, and Embiid falls awkwardly on his back, his lower back. Very dangerous play. Yeah. Embiid was talking about it. Yeah, and he Embiid said was he should have gotten well, was, ejected. Embiid was saying if I was LeBron, I'd be ejected. And yeah. LeBron was that flagrant one. And, like, you know, it is a flagrant, but, like, some people will get ejected, some people won't, like LeBron. Yeah. Well, it's bad for ratings. You can't take LeBron out of the game against the Sixers. Yeah, just just ask, ask the NHL. There was one one NHL game where uh, Ovechkin played against, uh, you know, the Blackhawks, and this was both at their peaks. The Blackhawks okay. in, like, 2013-14, and Ovechkin being, like, the MVP every year that he is. Ovechkin gets ejected five minutes into the game. Jeez. So yeah, yeah. I imagine the ratings weren't weren't stellar after that. Yeah. Just in general for the NHL, though. Uh. Anyway, uh, I I we did have a couple things we were talking about last night. Last night was just such an action packed uh, night of basketball. Yeah. Let's talk a little oh, bit well, of the Lakers. South, or go ahead. Go ahead. Back to LeBron, though. He, he, he kind of gets away with some of these dirty plays, man. Like, it, it kind of pisses me off sometimes because uh, he acts like he never commits a foul in his life. And don't get me wrong, other legends, like Tim Duncan, he was known for complaining to the refs a lot. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, uh, you know, uh, who, who's the other? I mean, like, everyone. Everyone talks to the refs. I mean, you think of it like a, like a future investment, right? You talk to the refs, you say, I got hit here, and maybe they'll make it up for you later. Yeah. But there, there's a couple plays, I mean, especially against the Warriors a couple seasons ago. He's instigating a lot of stuff like that one with Draymond where he gets the flagrant quote flagrant Draymond. And he's, he, he instigates it. He kind of pushes Draymond down and he steps over him. He pushes him down and steps over him. Draymond's not going to react to that. Come oh on my now. God. Draymond's <laughs> going to have, he's going to be furious. There's another play where Sean Livingston's running a fast break. It's Sean Livingston. He's, he's not like he's super athletic anymore. He's like, he's kind of like, uh, he's he came back from that horrible injury. Yeah. 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 So he's running this fast break. LeBron lets him go past him and he shoves him from behind and he just goes running into like the first row. And, you know, Sean Levinson handled it well, but it's like, wow. You know, but the thing that like, that's the funny thing about the Draymond's, the, the flagrant, because it's not a flagrant. If anything, it should be, because it should be a flagrant on LeBron. And like it should be a technical and not not a flagrant on Draymond there because that, that was like a dead ball and like LeBron instigated it. He pushed him down and then he stepped over him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. LeBron likes to flex a little bit out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's crazy because you know we we've talked before about uh, how those teams have built and I actually got baited into this weird situation yesterday on Twitter on the Hoopsterdamas Twitter. I think we're at Hoopsterdamas one if you want to follow us. But anyway, so I'm on the Hoopsterdamas Twitter last night and someone had said something about like, 
oh, would you rather have Brad Stevens or LeBron James? And I, I thought they were, it was serious because, but I, I guess someone like wrote, they would rather have Brad Stevens a few years ago, but not knowing they were joking. I kind of went into it and I was like, well, I would rather have LeBron James because like, even if he's not a coach, like you see that there's teams built around him a very uh, specific way. And so like this Lakers team slightly different because he is up there in age now and where he's usually had like a Dwayne Wade or a Kyrie Irving. Now it's uh, Anthony Davis. And um, both of those guys are like humongous giants. Let's call them monsters that can handle the ball like a guard. And so that changes the complexion of everything, but you still have this, uh, this thing where like you, you surround the floor with really good shooters and then it creates these one-on-one uh, matchups, which is the last thing anyone wants in the world is like, you got a locomotive coming at you, LeBron on the drive. And then if the defense does collapse, he sets up uh, to hit the open man on the outside. And then if, if the defense reacts to the first pass, then they can swing it around to that second pass. And like we were, we were saying on the phone the other day about how that I, I was saying that I think that the Cavs team is like an underrated passing team because of guys like, you know, Kevin Love and a a lot of guys who could stretch the floor and whip it around the perimeter and stuff. But, like, there's proof in the pudding, man. Like, LeBron has built all these teams, and he is like Jackie Moon in that sense that he's the GM totally, and a lot of times he's the coach. But it works. Like, it's a proven formula. And you, you saw it sink the Celtics last night. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that you always want to be, uh, you know, you kind of dream of, right? You kind of dream of being like the player that changes everything for a franchise and, you know, like just is always a winner. But yeah, that's the thing about LeBron's like, (laughs) like remember two seasons ago when they missed the playoffs, he did not, he didn't really have good body language, you know, when he was on the Lakers that year. Uh, 2019, I think they won. I don't know how many games they won, like 37 games. He was like just that. taking notes. He's like, All right, how many of these guys am, yeah. am I gonna have are, are back next year? Yeah, yeah, and it, like it's really a bummer, especially for a guy like Lonzo, who you know, he grew up idolizing LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're on the same team, and then you know, you guys even have a nice, you know, you guys chemistry together wasn't even that bad. They had some super excited gone, you know, yeah. 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 And like even Brandon Ingram too, you know, he's another guy who probably grew up watching LeBron James and, you know, maybe, you know, liked him. And once they went to the Lakers, I mean, it feels like everything just changed. And, you know, that's the thing about Rondo cleaning up his image. Uh, And his image was never really horrible because as I got older, I really started to appreciate Rondo a lot more uh, (laughs) because I used to hate Rondo. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. When he was on the Celtics. Did you see like, the video of him you know, recently that whole... with the like him and his girlfriend are walking and then like oh yeah he yeah, starts to break up a fight between yeah, yeah between the two ladies and then like he just he just gets <laughs> out of the way like why what yeah. are you doing man you're starting to yeah. break up the fight and then you're like actually no just go ahead and beat the shit out of each other and I mean I, I think he probably realized that that Rondo is incredibly smart he probably realized at that moment. She's gonna be suing him if she if he touches her or something like that. Hmm. Because, and that's what happened. She's tried to sue him because she thought I guess she said that he he hurt her or something like that. Irreparable damages, that kind of thing. Uh, but 
it was more like Rondo's girlfriend and that lady. Like it was mostly them fighting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually a good point. I haven't heard that take on that, but that when you see the but video, yeah, like, like that, totally you know, makes sense. Rondo hitting the hitting the mouth of Brad Miller. Remember that that one game, and I was like, that should have been a flagrant. They didn't call a flagrant then. And Brad Miller misses the free throws. And hey, I, I do not blame Brad Miller for that for missing those free throws. I get it because you just got hit in the mouth. You're very confused. You know, you're bleeding. It's like there's two seconds left in the game. It's game five. The series is tied at two. How the hell are we here? How the hell did we tie the series against the Celtics? Oh, my goodness. What but, what team was Brad Miller? Oh, that was Bulls Brad Miller. Bulls. Okay. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, 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 season, that series, that legendary yeah. series. Oh, oh uh, that was such a good series. Oh, my God. So amazing. I, I, I like, rewatched, like, I, like, remind myself of that series, like, every week. It's like it was such an just, like, pure – basketball like pure competition like it was it was really beautiful and yeah. i remember hating garnett too hating the shit out of kevin garnett because he would always be talking shit from the bench and like remember after game two after yeah, Ray Allen, game, game winning three you see garnett he's just kind of chirping at the bulls bench and i he walked like, all the way over there should have been a technical <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god and i remember ben gordon was trying to yap back at him too and i was like this is great this is amazing TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like TNT, and it would like go to the commercial. Yeah. And like we know drama. <laughs> and we're like, yes, you do. This is very I, dramatic. <laughs> I love TNT way more than ESPN because they do everything, all the production stuff, and like even the picture quality looks better. You know, on TNT, and the, it's also the, like it might be a nostalgia thing for me too because that those Thursdays I always look forward to Thursdays because it's TNT. You know. Yeah, yeah. Thursday's a great basketball day. Yeah, yeah, uh, and usually there'll only be three games or two games or whatever. But yeah, yeah, like Rondo hitting his in the mouth, and I remember hating him that time. And then him and Kirk Heinrich. Oh yeah, he tried to rip Kirk Heinrich's arm off his body. Literally the next game. Yeah, that was that was game six, and uh, that was a triple overtime game. And uh, you know, once when, when he came to the Bulls, I was kind of conflicted when they signed him, obviously because of the young and more athletic thing. Yeah, uh, but as the year went on. He, he took the side of the young guys. He proved that he wanted to be a leader. And, hey, man, he's going to be a great coach. And if there, if player coach was a thing, Rondo would already be one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could make the case that he kind of is over in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, whenever you're watching Hawks games, you always see him talking to the young guys, like pointing to different spots on the floor. And, like, he's even talking to the coaches, too. Like, that, that's a sign of a true leader if you're a coach, is if you listen to your players. Like, if, like – you know, you see yeah. Popovich and Tony Parker all the time, and Ginobili, they're all, like, in that little triangle. You know, Ginobili, uh, Parker, and Pop, and, you know, sometimes maybe Duncan's there, sometimes he's on the bench. But that's the thing about it. Like, Tim Duncan never gets coached, at least in his last few years. He, it's, it felt like he never got coached because he didn't really need to tell him anything. Uh, yeah. But, like, Popovich and Ginobili, you'd see that all the time. Like, they'd just be talking to each other amongst those three guys. And th- that's a sign of your – like, of a good leader there. Like, if yeah, you're totally. actually willing to, to listen – be receptive. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, uh, you gotta be able to like being a leader is so different from being a boss, you know, like a a leader has to provide his team or her team with the resources to succeed on an individual and collective level. And they have to identify the different needs, uh, of their, their players or, employees or whatever the case may be, whatever uh, the arena may be. And, you know, that that's always the difference. And you look at a guy like Phil Jackson's like the perfect example of that. And, you know, we saw that so much. It was a reoccurring theme in the last dance. Everyone who talked about Phil was like, Phil understood 
how to reach me. You know what I mean? Like Phil understood like with Dennis Rodman, it's like Phil understood that like I needed to go like party in Las Vegas and bang Carmen Electra a bunch to keep my head right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, semi-related, but I'm about to finish that book. Finally, I'm about to finish that book. Breaks of the Game by oh, David okay. Halberstam. I started reading it in like April 2019 or something like that. I'm finally, you know, I'm the type of reader who like, I'll get out of the shower, I'll read like 10 pages. And yeah, every yeah. Now, I'll read 10 pages. But yesterday, I was like, screw it, I'm going to read as much as I can. I read like 50 pages yesterday. And oh, now awesome. I'm down to the last 100 pages. I'm down to the last 100 pages here. How I'm long is that book? It's 400 pages. Okay, so it's a long boy. Yeah, it's like, it's like kind of long, but it's not that long. But I'm just thinking of what should I, what should I have next on my queue? Because I have rings. the top between Jerry West's book, which I've always been very interested in, yeah. or yeah, Eleven Rings, which I've, I've, I've wanted to read for about five years now. So yeah, bro, I'm telling you, Eleven Rings, one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah, may, maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll read Eleven Rings first. That's another thing too. If one of them dies sooner, I'm gonna read mm-hmm. their book. I'm gonna read yep. their book immediately. Like if, if yeah. like if I'm reading Eleven Rings and I hear that Jerry West passes away, God forbid, You're gonna I'm gonna be like, switch. all right, I'm dropping Eleven Rings for now. I'm gonna read Jerry West's book. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of like there right now, that decision. I guess I will read 11 rings though. So I guess it's already decided. There you go. Um, yeah. So I, I, I got to tell you, cause I had a, a little quandary, right? And so I, I've noticed that, oh dang. Okay. The Denver Nuggets are beating the crap out of the jazz. Jokic has the 20 started, right? in the first quarter. What's the score? 43 to 29 and Jokic has 22 points at the end of the first oh. quarter. I'm telling you, man, I, I think he, so far, it's between him or Embiid for the MVP so far. Well, Embiid is shooting 40% from three right now. Yeah. Embiid's like, playing amazing. And Jokic yeah. is like, Jokic is, I mean, he, he's been incredible this year. Did you see that one-handed, I'm sure you saw it, that one-handed pass, like, down the court? I mean, which and, one? Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. There was one where he, he was just dribbling the ball off the court, and he just kind of rifled it with one hand. Yeah. And... It was just like an easy lap. I, I forgot who it was. I mean, that, that's that's routine for him, you know? Yeah. Like, if you haven't listened to our uh, time-traveling international draft yet, uh, for all, all those tuning in right now, check that out. Because, you know, like, he is my he's my team's primary point center. You know, like, the, my point guard on the team is the Australian uh, Kyrie Irving. But Jokic is my primary ball handler. And, like, when I constructed the team – like, cause he, he, I wasn't trying to pick Jokic first, like, but he was the best player available. And so, you know, Doncic got taken right before I maybe would have gone Doncic. I was like, I'm either go Doncic or Jokic here though. If, if one of them's there at number six and then I go Jokic and then I'm like, that affected how I built the rest of my team, you know? Cause like part of it. Yeah, was, and Jokic, Jokic and Kyrie would be a great duo. It's, it's kind of like Jamal Murray and, and Jokic. It's like, it's yeah. like another version of Jamal Murray. But like Murray. better, you but know, better. Yeah. Better one-on-one player for sure. But yeah. Jamal Murray, that guy can really play. And Jamal Murray's actually, uh, I saw last night, I was looking at some defensive statistics, and he's doing a really good job keeping his uh, the person he's guarding, their field goal percentage very low. It's like the sixth lowest in the league, believe it or not. And obviously people yeah, are taking a lot of – I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that was like a big thing for him, like, uh, you know, working on his defensive game. Yeah. Considering – Oh, they were down 3-1 two times. But, you know, we were talking about the Jazz call a little bit the other day, and, like, 
you know, I, you would think that the Jazz would be coming out here and trying to demolish the Nuggets. Maybe that's kind of what they were thinking, but the Nuggets were just kind of – I mean, they beat the Nuggets the other night. Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I keep forgetting that it's like they're playing They're playing the same time, mm-hmm. you know, every two days or whatever. But, yeah, like the Jazz, I mean, like the Jazz are, are – and I guess you could say the Nuggets too because the Nuggets are kind of turned it around. But especially still the Jazz, they are an example of how – how nice it is to have continuity. Oh, totally. They, they, they were what the fourth seed or fifth seed last season. And yeah. they should have, they were good enough to win. I mean, they could have been in the conference finals last year with the way they're Dude, they're 15 and four. Like they yeah, were 15 and, four, and like they lose today, 15 and five. Who cares? Yeah. They're, like, they're the best they're team good. in the NBA right now. Yeah. Right now they're looking really great. And I'm, I'm always saying, you know, people, people will say the word elite kind of loosely. They'll kind of throw it around loosely. People will say, you know, I heard someone told me that Gobert is elite, but I don't know. Like Gobert defensively for sure. He's elite, but offensively, he just gets exposed. Like, you know, like against a guy like Chris Paul. He's one dimensional offensively. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, so that's why, you know, having a guy like Donovan Mitchell and even Mike Conley, extremely important especially mm. Mike Conley and like the Jordan Clarkson's too. Well, like, right now there's three players. Uh, yeah. I think we talked about it the other day, the three players in the jazz with the higher player efficiency than 20. It's Clarkson, Gobert, and um, Donnie. No, it wasn't Donnie. It was someone else. Who was it? Uh, is it Ingles? Is it Conley? I know uh, Ingles. Now, now I got to right. look it up. Now I got to look it uh, up. I'm going to get the Niang. I know Niang's playing. He's playing a lot. Uh, who, who, uh, Royce O'Neal? I don't think it'll be him. Um, uh, who, who else is on the Jazz? The Utah Jazz. I only know like five players on that team. Uh, so you got Gobert, you got uh, Royce O'Neal, Let's Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. I, I could guess, I, if I had to guess, it might be Ingles. Uh, Derek Favors is back. I know that. Let's see. I'm trying oh, to fill up here. Yeah, Conley. Oh, okay, it was Conley. Okay, yeah, I know okay. Conley's been playing well so far to start the season. Yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, uh, so I'm in that fantasy basketball league with you, and yeah. um, I want to give a shout out to my my good buddy, my my little brother, my Montana little brother, uh, Noah Ambuel. Who he's uh soon to be a star tight end for the Montana Grizzlies. Dude's a dude's a stud. Very he's he's actually my my much larger brother. <laughs> uh but anyway, um you know, so he recruited me this year to like be the co co commissioner or not co commissioner, co owner of his fantasy basketball team. Yeah. And so I've been monitoring uh his squad as well. And then we picked up DeMarcus Cousins like the same day I picked up DeMarcus Cousins in our league and then like he was balling and then all of a sudden he was back to getting like 11 and 13 minutes a game and I didn't really get that uh but then I looked into it and I actually found some really interesting uh stuff so first I'm gonna I'm gonna read what I sent you earlier today um because I thought that was a super interesting statistic so per 36 minutes right now uh, DeMarcus Cousins is actually like straight balling. Uh, 17 points per game, 14.9 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.6 steals, 1.6 blocks per, per 36. Uh, now that's a career low in points. He's not like as aggressive 
scoring necessarily, um, but it's a career high in rebounds per 36. Uh, 1.6 blocks, 1.6 steals, like per 36 that's minutes. That's, that's really damn good. But I'm like, why is this guy not a bigger part of the team right now? And especially like why, you know, obviously Christian Wood was out for a shake real quick. And in those three games, DeMarcus Cousins puts up these huge numbers. But then it's like he's right back to getting no minutes again. You know, he got 11 minutes against uh, the Blazers and 14 minutes against the Pelicans. And so I just dropped him in our league for um, Rui Hashimura, who I'm starting against you right now. You're already going to win. Congratulations. You stay undefeated. Um, yeah, uh, I I had Rui. Rui was a good. I he was a good pickup for me. I I had to drop him for for someone else who came back with my injured reserve or whatever. But yeah. Rui, I enjoy him. Enjoy him. He, he he's he's good to have. Because now I got Jimmy Butler back, so like I I dropped Daniel Gafford who didn't do dink last night. But I, I'm like, why is Cousins not getting any of these minutes? And it turns out he actually has the. Uh, and I was just talking to Coach Leo about this too. And so I gotta like give Coach Leo a shout out because. He was totally right about a Andrew Wiggins being better than we were giving him credit for and B Victor Oladipo still got a lot of it. You know what I mean? And I, I, I was wrong. I was on a show with him. I always try to make a point to say and admit when I was wrong about something, coach Leo, you were right. Me, Adam, I was wrong. But anyway, DeMarcus cousins, he's got the third worst field goal percentage in the NBA or fourth. And so the only people, how many, how many times per game? Let's see. Attempts per game. Probably like, what, like six? I don't know. It's probably not a Yeah, lot. seven and a half. So okay. that's obviously okay. a career and, low. And um, but yeah, he probably made, what, like one or two per game? Something like that, two points, or what, 2.5 or whatever? Something like that. Yeah, 2.5, uh, exactly, actually. And uh, But, you know, when you flex this stuff made, to yeah. – per 36 minutes it's it's a little bit more more normal it's still lowest than he's ever attempted it's 15.5 and 5.2 of those going in but he's shooting 33.6 percent from the field and that's bad that's yeah. awful i mean well, well cousins you know you, you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because he's come back from an, what was it, really it, bad injuries yeah i yeah, mean was, i know he tore Achilles Achilles. and an acl and his ACLs. He's getting the Clay Thompson. I mean, or maybe the Clay Thompson's getting the DeMarcus Cousins special. I don't know. But he also, like, and it's also, like, this is actually a good thing. Uh, these guys, like Kevin Durant and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, they have uh, they've missed time for about, like, a year and a half. It took about a year and a half, right, with that whole shutdown, that six-month shutdown. Was it six months? That shutdown last season before the bubble or whatever, that was very extremely helpful for anyone who's coming back from an injury. Yeah, totally. Especially Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like who was like kind of like, who was almost ready by that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were like, Oh, is he going to come back even, you know, and the Rockets, yeah. like they're still very much in it. And I feel like cousins is still a really good guy. Cause like defensively he's, he's been really good. Uh, yeah. you know, and I'm just kind of surprised to see the field goal percentage so low, but he has taken a lot of threes. They're kind of using them in more of a stretch five role, but I really do wish that they would use him a little bit more alongside Christian Wood. Um, yeah. and it might I, be dependent on the matchup too. It might be dependent on who they're playing against, like why he gets little minutes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wood is definitely like the guy you want to give minutes to if it's at the center and, you know, but like, 
I don't know. I, I wouldn't be opposed to like, let's put it this way. If you rewind like seven years back, DeMarcus Cousins is probably your starting center and Woods, your starting power forward there. You know what I mean? And like yeah. the league's kind of gotten a little quicker and they want to go a little more versatile at that center position, which makes sense. But I don't know. I think that Cousins, like, obviously the shooting percentage is awful, but I don't think he's having that bad of a year. And I'd like to see him get a little bit more tick, like just because that little bit of that three game stretch, we, we we're seeing some vintage DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, it's been a nice bounce back for him. And I mean, I, I noticed that the first, the first preseason game, I know it's preseason, but he dominated the bulls. Yeah. Yeah, he did. When I saw that. I was like, okay, yeah, he might be okay. <laughs> yeah. Oladipo, uh, he's played six games with the Rockets so far. He's averaging 22 points, uh, five rebounds, five assists, uh, 1.2 steals. He's he's definitely like not shooting the lights out. He's shooting around 31%. But yeah, I don't I, know, I man. I hope he's happy. I hope he's happy because there's been a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about him. You know, possibly the whole scummy report about him. You know, going to other teams, saying like, "Hey, can I play for your team?" or something like that. Pretty scummy thing to do, um, especially since you know you would think that Indiana was his home, right? Or like he liked being there. Yeah. But like. He didn't have to play games. He could have been honest about his situation. He could have just said, you know, because the Pacers are very patient with them. Like they were, they were very paid. Like they were pretty. They were pretty good to him. You know. Yeah. But uh, I guess he he just I, I don't know. Something must have happened. There must have been a conversation or something. I don't know. Maybe he um, didn't feel like he was a big enough focal point because, like, honestly, maybe he got jealous of Devonta Sabonis, who's like clearly the best player on that team. And like, and, and not even Sabonis. It could be even Brogdon. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just gonna say Brogdon too, who's leading that team in points per game, and like, it might be time to talk about Brogdon as an All Star. Like, yeah, the I I I was pretty upset. Well, I mean, upset in the sense that if I were a Bucks fan, I'd be very bummed that the Bucks just like did not even try to keep Brogdon. Like yeah. they didn't even try anything. Uh, they well, were just like, yeah, they've you can go just to the- been trying to plug that point guard spot ever since. Yeah, and like Holiday is a nice fit, but like Brogdon over Bledsoe, that yeah. ain't it. Man. Oh, that's you know? ridiculous. And I'd a hundred thousand percent rather have Brogdon than than uh, Holiday, even. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's and, a hot take. Also, that's true. That's a good point too. There's also that point where uh, you know people were saying that I guess there was a rumor that like Brogdon uh, wasn't a huge fan of Milwaukee. I don't know. Some, some like just like the city mm. of Milwaukee. I don't know. I know uh, he Indiana felt like they kind of didn't. You know? He didn't feel respected enough by them. I, th- I think he, he expected a little bit more money. But one one more thing I want to throw in about Indiana is, like, another guy we got to start talking about um, is Miles Turner might be defensive player of the year. Yeah. He's averaging another four blocks a game. Yeah. yeah, right? And, yeah, and, you know, it's, I'm trying to poach him for years now. It's, it's funny you say that, uh, the Celtics, because I feel like that would be a, a really good fit for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, like, really, any, really, any, any good center. I mean, like, this is the Celtics are. It feels like they're about a piece away. I mean, like a yeah. center away. Yeah. But it's gonna be interesting. Uh, we've been we've been at this for about an hour here. Uh, anything else you want to get to? No, uh, no, nothing else. I'm. That's pretty much all I got today. Uh, I was. I wanted to get to that book thing, and I'm glad I got that in there. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go uh, tune in. It's about halfway through the second quarter of uh, Denver, Utah right now. It looks like Denver trying to make a statement win against a very good Jazz team. 
Uh, Jokic still uh, at 22 points. So that one's going to be interesting. Unfortunately, I already lost this week against you in fantasy. But when we we, uh, match up again, I'm going to have Jimmy Butler back uh, for... I didn't get him in my lineup in time last night, so. I know, I, I saw that, and I was actually pretty relieved. <laughs> because yeah. uh, our matchup is actually closer than it could have been because Harden will not be playing today, so. Interesting. The Master is out today. Mm. So that's a, that's a pretty big loss for me. Did the Master Bader pull today, something? But like, it's, not, it's not that big. He might he might be out alone. I don't know. He might be in his room alone, uh, <laughs> isolating. The greatest isolator, James Harden. A great quarantine partner, I bet. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. And that's a nice and weird way to end this one. So I guess that's where we should. Uh, yeah, Evan Buttress, he's our graphic designer. If you love the logo, he can help you make yours. And um, also, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Sports Zone Chicago. This episode's going to be featured on their app. And so check out their app, Sports Zone Chicago. And, um, you know, just that's kind of the tip of the iceberg right now. We do have some exciting news coming up. Nothing we can really talk about yet. Uh, but if you've been one of the people listening and supporting uh, Hoops Tradamus, I just want to say we, we really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, this is this is a Hoops community that we're trying to build. And so uh, the support you show, whether it's something as simple as hitting five stars on, you know, Apple Podcasts or writing a friendly review, it really does go a long way. Uh, it doesn't go unheard. And, you know, if you write something funny enough or, or nice enough, we might even share your review on the show. So please uh, please do that for us. We appreciate you, and we'll keep playing for the love of the game.